G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. Hello everyone, it's Jen Frost here from the Reality Check Podcast. And Tim Henry from The Grass is Greener. Tim and I have come together once again and we are so excited to release our series all about kickstarting your 2022. We're diving right into a whole lot of topics taking them head on and we know that they're going to be topics to get you fired up in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. This is all about decoding these financial aspects of our lives that we really just want to get on top of and rest easy at night. So Tim, I am super excited to launch into the next episode. Let's get started. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Hello everyone and welcome back to Kickstart Your 2022. Hello Tim, how are you? G'day Jen, how are you going? Very well, thank you. We've just had a long weekend here in beautiful Victoria. Did you do anything nice? I had a nice relaxing time, actually. It was good. So, But I think, as we've said, our computers and our internet is trying to wake up from the long weekend too this morning. We're having <laughs> some challenges, but that's it's, good. It's taken us an hour just to get to hit record, but that is absolutely yeah. fine. I'm excited about today's episode, Tim, because it's something a little bit different. I think perhaps by way of introduction to our audience, obviously in, in both my and your line of work, we do a lot looking at planning for retirement and planning financially for, for retirement and certainly a lot of dedicating um, parts of our financial life towards that superannuation goal. But yeah. something you're incredibly passionate about, Tim, and in turn have taught me an incredible amount about is sort of looking at that whole of life wellbeing when it comes to retirement, not just saving to have, um, yeah. you know, money to kind of uh, – you know, relax into retirement. So I'd really love to focus on this today and hear a little bit more about the work that you've been doing with with some of your friends and partners around retirement living. Yeah, well, I think, you know, a lot of people sort of call it like reimagining what retirement is. I mean, retirement has been, I even reckon it, the word itself is not really appropriate anymore. Uh, it used to be, if you like, you know, if we went in the traditional sense, that three-stage life of go to school, go to work, then retire. Um, that was pretty straightforward. That was how things rolled. And really, I think most people would have retired at 60 or 65 and not worked a day past that and then just potted it in the garden or <laughs> played golf or whatever. Um yeah, that, that's really changed a lot. And, and what we're finding, uh, we were chatting about this beforehand, Jen, is people are living a lot longer as well. So the thought of finishing at 65 and possibly living for another 30 years, um, that's a lot of gardening. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I think the example you and I discussed, you know, my my beautiful grandparents, some of who passed away sort of in maybe 20, 20 odd years ago, and they passed away in their early 70s. And that certainly wasn't seen at that time as being premature. They'd lived no. rich and full lives. But, um, you know, that perhaps meant that their retirement phase of their life was perhaps a decade if, if they were lucky. But, you know, that certainly has changed. And as we now see, life expectancy is in the mid-80s and we certainly, I, I don't know if you feel the same, Tim, but I certainly feel like I'm hearing lots of people saying, oh, my grandparents are still around there in their late 90s. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, whether that's, um, there's so many factors to that. There's better access to, to medical health. There's better activities in terms of our general health and well-being. Mm, that's right. And I think uh, what we see, what I would describe most of our clients as extremely vibrant. You know, just mm. the fact that they've finished that full-time type work doesn't mean that they want to put the cue in the rack. They're still mentally really um, agile. They're fit. And they've got a heap of experience and, and knowledge. So they, they can add a lot of value in the world, and I think they know that they can. And, you know, why would you... Um, you know, want to sort of retire. And, you know, I, I'm a big advocate. I've talked about this book on a number of episodes now, that, and a book called Ikigai, uh, written by, in fact, I had the pleasure of interviewing Hector Garcia, who wrote the book. He He's a Spanish guy that lives in Japan. And what they did is they went into some islands. Uh, they call them the blue zones. And there, there's this one particular... Um, island in Japan called Ogimi, uh, where people live a long time. And they went and interviewed people to find out you know, what, what was the secret behind this. And one of their biggest things was don't ever retire. You know, yeah. you might want to keep doing your hard nine to five job. Of course not. But don't do nothing. You know, you've got to find some value, keep adding value to the world. And I think a lot of people now want to continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is, uh, it, it's really reframing the way we think about retirement, isn't it? Yeah, the way you, that's right. you said in the beginning, retirement reimagined. And and I think it's exactly that. I think a lot of people, even some colleagues and friends of mine who've held on to their full-time job, perhaps longer than they wanted to, because they were thinking of it as either working or retired. Yeah. Where in fact it's perhaps changing that in our mind and thinking whether it's for ourselves or perhaps for our loved ones who are at that age and stage is thinking how can we look at this a little bit differently and and some of the things you and I have mentioned is things like uh, yes you may not want to do the the job that you've done in in your career or whatever the later stages of your career are but is there some other sort of employment yeah. or casual employment that might give you joy and and in turn still might give you a, a a great purpose and a great drive in those later years. Well, that is one of the things that's mentioned in the Ikigai book, what they found with um, a lot of the the senior people that they interviewed was that they all had primary and secondary jobs. And what they'd started to do at a point in time is uh, taking on a secondary job in something that they loved and gradually transitioning to that, you know, yeah. dro dropping away the, I guess the functional job that brings in the money and moving 
gradually towards you know doing less work overall but still doing something that gives them enjoyment gives them a purpose and helps them feel like they're adding value um we i'll have to say like i've mentioned uh, and had natalie yanchatonsky on the podcast a number of times already as well and she's really educated us a lot uh, through her business called full-time lives and it, she's done a lot of research too around this and uh, she's worked out that for people coming into retirement, you know, what can tend to happen if they just work like maniacs in their primary job and then they retire cold, you know, they can fall in a big hole. And and the areas that she talks about um, needing to have sorted before you actually step into that world is having a purpose, like work out what's meaningful to you and, be working on that and thinking about it. Now, having a secondary occupation is obviously a pretty good reason, a pretty good way to achieve that. Um, Doing some planning around, you know, what those years are going to look like for you. Um, Having roots in the community. So, you know, work, a lot of people probably don't have a lot of community time if they've dedicated themselves to their work life. I think you could appreciate that we've probably worked with people like that, Jen, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Saying talking about the community, Tim, I think is a really big one because, you know, I think when people first retire, as you said, often they've gone from the community actually being where they worked, you know, and that being a really yes. big part. And, you know, we sort of think of this the great Australian suburban dream of we're all part of footy clubs and we're all, you know, we all have all the sort of local communities and stuff around us. But actually the transition of life means that a lot of those clubs and community things you're part of when your kids are young and your kids are at school. And then by the nature of of the turn of events, perhaps over that next 10, 15 years, your involvement in the community might not be as high. Drops away, can drop away. yeah, Yeah, and they can be the years prior to retirement. So as you said, I think perhaps in having this conversation and sort of the driver behind this episode, Tim, was making both our our audience of members, many of whom are in that transition to retirement or retirement not being all that far away, or in fact, if the people listening, it's their parents perhaps who are are going into this stage. I think it's really important to not just put a plan in place around the financial aspects of it, of which you and I, that's second nature to us, but yeah. it's putting into plan some of the emotional aspects as well and 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 some it's of you. the, you know, really really starting to put perhaps down on, on paper how you see your retirement unfolding and what are some of the things that you want to do in that. Yeah, look, finances are a big part still, don't get me wrong. Um, you've got to have enough well, ideally, you've got enough money to live the life you want to live. But I think quite often, um, if you haven't done the planning and thought about, you know, the purpose, uh, what your life's going to look like and all that sort of thing, people tend to view it as a finish line where, have you know, have I got enough? And then you're sort of saying, well, enough to do what? <laughs> because you haven't actually yeah. put in yeah. much thought into that. So, um you probably, you might have too much. I mean, that's the biggest um, yeah. sacrifice is you've sacrificed, maybe sacrificed too much of your life, um, not realising that you had enough years before and you could have started living yeah. a bit more um, 
in this manner. So it, it's really going around that wheel. I mean, vitality is one part that Natalie talks about as well, being in good shape, having good brain stimulation and that sort of thing. So it's just a, we have a little quiz that we run our clients through, which just helps uh, give them a bit of a benchmark in those areas. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the research that's coming through now is is sort of um, honing in a lot on, you know, if you went to your grandparents, Jen, and thought about their retirement, how much learning would they have done after they finished working? Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. What do you mean by sort of learning is in how much how much they're learning new outside yes, of what they that, knew prior to retirement age? And so that's one of the things that there is coming through strongly in where people are having meaningful retirement they they've got this concept of lifelong learning now that that could be learning anything yeah it could be learning a language it could be learning an instrument it could be learning to do stand up paddle boarding or whatever yeah something that's feeding into these other areas whether it's your brain stimulation your physical activity your doing work in the community whatever you're learning yeah new skills you're integrating with a lot of um, people as well. Uh, it's just touching in on all those areas. And so the, the whole concept of lifelong learning means that you, you're remaining vibrant, you're remaining relevant. Yeah, active. And, uh, and, and, and maybe able to work longer. Yeah, and, and again, building into community. So I think, again, perhaps, you know, the key aspect from an action point perspective, again, is is to start really planning some of this stuff. And for me, Tim, I think it comes back to passions. You know, I've been really yeah. proud of my own parents as they transition into retirement. Some of the things that they have loved the most in their, in their life but they haven't had a lot of time to do prior to now. So an example of that for my father is sailing. You know, he's always loved sailing. That's always been a passion. But for the vast majority of of my lifetime, um, yeah. he hasn't had a lot of time to do that. He's always, do, been, yeah. yeah, he's been a career man. He had two kids. He's, you know, he's been busy, busy traveling, busy working, busy doing everything else. And so it, it you know, it really does make me so happy to see him. He yep. right now is sailing or about to be sailing back from Tasmania to, to Victoria. So, you know, big, big trips. And again, yeah, that's it's, great. It's building into community, it's building into social life, it's it's activity, it's stimulating, it's, it's adventure. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of everything. Right. So so I think it is it is important because certainly for me, and this doesn't matter, I personally think, Tim, it doesn't matter what age you are, I I get lost without a little bit of structure around what do I want to happen over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I think by nature we, we're sort of, we're pinned down to a structure because of our full-time employment or because of our yeah. children or because of whatever it else is that is unique to our circumstances. So if you don't have dependents, if you don't have a full-time job, what is that sort of anchor that is keeping your life sort of structured and rolling and moving along? Yeah. And I think that might be an important one for, for pre-retirees or in-term retirees. Listening. It's really just thinking about rather than having a clear-cut deadline where it's like yeah. I'm a worker one day and I'm a non-worker the other day. It's, it's dragging through this transitionary phase and making that a longer period where you're really evolving into um, that, you know, the new new life that you're yeah. going to have. Um, I, I'd agree with um, what you're saying there, 
my mum particularly, she in early years of retirement, she was doing doing things that she never had time to do. So going and reading at schools where like the the kids weren't getting probably enough from their parents, you know, in terms of reading and stuff like that. Um, and now like even uh, her ability on technology and all that's really good yeah. as well because she's spent a lot of time in the last couple of years during COVID doing family history and stuff like that. So she's learnt a lot of new skills there and she's right into that. So it's all that type of stuff. It's, it's anything really where you can be learning. And uh, one of the biggest angles on this is older people, and when I say older people, retired people or people approaching retirement, engaging with the younger generation. And when I say younger gen, I'm not talking about you and I. <laughs> I'm talking about further back because that that keeps them vibrant too. Yeah. You know, the young kids have got those those technology skills, but then the the experience of the older people can help the young young kids through some of the things that they're challenged with too. Oh, absolutely. And that intergenerational aspect is so, so important, Tim. Yeah. Such a beautiful thing to see, whether it's with, you know, whether you're fortunate enough to have grandchildren or whether there's other children in the community that you can connect with in different ways. I think that's a big one. Tim, look, just before we go, I, I do want to go back to the Ikigai book that you had yeah. mentioned. We will definitely include the links um, in the show notes to that because I just think it's fantastic. But I wouldn't mind just looking at some of these other, you mentioned the island where there was a phenomenal amount of people who had lived well into um, a much older age group. And yes. I just love some of the 10 points that they say are sort of the, the secret, the Japanese secret to a long and happy life. We've spoken about don't retire being one of them. Um, one of the other ones I just loved is surround yourself with good friends. It says friends yeah. are the best medicine, therefore confiding worries over a good chat, sharing stories that brighten your day, getting advice, having fun, dreaming, in other words, living. So once again, that's coming back to community, isn't it? That social element being important. So it, it's... In some ways, isn't it? It's all basic stuff. It's all the but, life but stuff. But in some yeah. ways, it's like okay, well, you, you, when you retire, and you haven't got all these other distractions that you can throw yourself into, like work and all that. Um, that all the the basics, getting the basics right, takes on far more importance. Yeah. Um, you know, getting in shape is one of those. Yeah. Uh, they they just say get in shape for your next birthday. You know, just as as a as a goal, but they're not talking about running and stuff like that. They're just talking about moving your just body. Have, yeah, moving your body, just just exercise. Yeah. Um, a really basic one, smile. A cheerful attitude is not only relaxing, it also helps make friends. Oh, <laughs> that's a beautiful one. And yeah. and perhaps, Tim, if, if I could say. Nature is another one. Oh, no, and I love that one, reconnect with my nature. And that's a really big one. You know, certainly, Tim, if I was to use myself, um, I, I live a corporate life, you know. I spend a lot of my time in offices, yeah. in my car, driving to offices, you know, in either suburbia or the city, you know, and I think that's a really beautiful one. I know in my life today how much better and more, uh, I guess, grounded I feel when I can be in nature. But, Tim, the last one of my favourites um, that I would say is is live in the moment. It says stop regretting the past or fearing the future. Today is all you have, so make the most of it and make it worth remembering, which, as we said, is both a beautiful thought for, for our retirement phase as well as a, a damn good yeah. lesson for right now, huh? 
And, and a lot of it, look, a lot of this sounds simplistic um, and maybe idealistic, but I think for for people coming into this transition of their lives, it is an opportunity to start with a blank canvas, yeah. isn't it? To some degree. It's like, well, what do you want this phase of your life to look like? What, instead of just hammering along, take the time to actually um, be deliberate. Have more time on your hand. Be del- Oh, Jen. Wow. What's our kickstart? You're 22. Be deliberate. It's taken 19 minutes, but you sl- you finally got it. deliberate in Make there. Well conscious done. choices. So, in fact, Tim, what a perfect way of wrapping it up. You know, yeah. I think the whole point of this is you and I spend our lives talking about being prepared financially for retirement, but perhaps all of us in our industry and the community don't focus enough on being emotionally, physically, mentally ready yes. for retirement. So a big And I think out. that is if you can come to a point where you're really clear about what that looks like, um, I really feel like a lot of the parts that you have to sort out from there will fall into place really easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I will just mention that uh, we haven't worked out whether Jen and I are going to do this together or not, but I am super keen to have like a, a at least four parts episodes coming up on all the mechanics of coming into retirement, probably focusing a bit more on that financial part. But um, we will certainly be overlaying it with a lot of this um, this living stuff because you got to live first. Yeah. Life first, financial second, Jen. What a punchline to finish on. Tim, can't wait to talk more about retirement and coming episodes. Thank you very much for listening in today, audience, and we can't wait to chat to you again. See you. See you, Tim. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.